0: Hi, this is David Sherman, and you're listening to my podcast. Today, I want to talk about does God really love me? Okay, Christians everywhere always say God loves you. But honestly, I'm not all that sure that most of us really believe this about ourselves, especially knowing all we know down deep about ourselves. Nor do I believe that most believers understand the full depth and ramifications of that love. So first of all, when the Bible says God loves us, as in John 3.16, he says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, which means that he really does truly love us. But the kind of love with which he loves us makes it really special. God's love for us is the kind of love a mother a parent has for their child, and there's no greater love on earth than that. And even that is imperfect when it's stacked up against the love of God. But just think of how much you, as a parent, love your children. If you could give them lifelong perfect health, you would. If you could give them so much money that they would never know a financial need ever, you would do it. If you could keep them out of all troubles, trials, testings, difficulties. You would do it. And that's how much God loves you perfectly and with only good intent. And the only reason that we don't all experience these blessings all the time is because of our own free will. See, in order to be real human beings created in the image of God, we have to have the freedom of choice free will god cannot usurp your free will without turning you into a robot oh how god would love it if we never experienced any pain but the potential for experiencing pain comes with free will that's what the story of the garden of eden is all about right adam and eve had the gift of free will and with it they chose knowing evil Overknowing blessing. Freedom to choose was their necessary right, but they chose poorly. And because evil and sin are now in the world, we have the right to do and do the same thing, choose evil over good. Bottom line here, the evils that we experience are not God's fault. He doesn't send them. He doesn't have any divine purpose in them. All he wants is for them to be out of our lives. Now, some may say, yeah, but I see God smiting people in the Old Testament, etc. And to that, I'd have to say the image that you see of God in the Old Testament is not a complete image. God is not seen or understood as he is in the covenant of the law. John 114 says this, that the word... This is a Greek word used here, logos, which means the full expression of a thing. The full expression of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Catch that word truth. Jesus showed us the truth about the glory of himself and the Father, who he really was. And in verse 17, John goes on to say, For the law, this is the Old Testament we're talking about, the covenant of the law, was given through Moses. But catch this, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, No one has seen, this is another great rich word that means totally understood or perceived. No one has seen God at any time. But the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Another rich Greek word, declared, meaning he has revealed him. So what John is saying here is, we couldn't really see what God was like through the Old Testament. But when Jesus came, who is the perfect expression, the perfect, because he is God, the perfect expression of God, we see the truth. We see the fullness of God's real character and nature, his grace and his truth. And although no one has ever seen or fully understood God at any time, Jesus Christ has made him clear. And what do we see Jesus, i.e. God, doing when he comes to earth? What do we see about his character? He healed the sick. He lifted the fallen. He helped the needy. This is all he did. He just lifted and helped and did good. And that's why he's Jesus Christ who went about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, because that's the character of God as revealed through God the Son. So you see, Jesus came as our Savior. As I mentioned before, Savior is just a fancy old English word for saver. Jesus came as our saver, and not just a saver from sin, But obviously, through his behavior, we see he was a saver from all evil in all its forms. In other words, Jesus wants to restore to us, God wants to restore to us, what was lost in Eden. Now, please excuse me if I've been a little basic and repetitive here. You probably know these things, but for some reason or other, it seems that a lot of Christians don't quite get these things. And honestly, we'll never really walk in victory until they can soak these truths into them very deeply. Because faith works by love. And in my humble opinion, understanding God's love for us and all of his blessings for us are reachable and attainable only through faith in his goodness, his benevolence, and his willing, His willingness to save us, to bless us, and to help us because he loves us. So now we're back to square one. We need to believe the love that God has for us. As John said in 1 John four sixteen. we have come to know and believe the love God has for us. That's the key to faith. And we know that John three sixteen says that God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. Now, here's a kind of funny story. But back when I was a baby Christian, and was always overanalyzing things all the time because of my unbelief. A nagging question entered my heart. I wondered. I know God loves the whole bunch of us, as it says in John three sixteen, God so loved the world. But but what about me? What about David Stearman? What if I was the only guy that had ever been born? Would He still love me? Because I wasn't really sure. God could be all that crazy about a person like me. I don't know. This may sound silly, but have you ever felt that way? I know God loves everybody, but does he love me as much as he loves some of the other people or everyone else altogether? Or does he even love me personally at all? So all of this came to a head after I'd been saved for about three years, And here's the story. I I know I've told this story before. So if you've heard it, please forgive. I have been known to tell a story more than once, especially when it applies as perfectly to a situation as this one does. But like I said, I was wondering, does God really love me at all personally? So, you know, I just asked God about it. One day in my dorm room at Oral University, I just said, God, I know you love the whole world, but do you love David Stearman? I mean, just all by himself. And I left that with God. I went to a prayer meeting a couple of days later, and there was a girl there named Sarah, and she was playing this very unique-looking Fender guitar. Now I know, looking back, it was called a Fender Newporter. It was an acoustic guitar that was a really, it was all made out of Um, mahogany, but it was finished in such a way as to almost look like walnut. And so it was very dark and very, it was just a beautiful guitar. And as she was playing it, I thought, in my heart, I thought, well, God, I'd like to get a guitar like that sometime. Um, You know, sometime help me find one and provide one for me. And amazingly, at the end of the service, toward the end of the service, Sarah held that guitar up and said, hey, y'all, I'm going to sell this guitar. So she said, if uh, you'd like to buy it, see me at the end of the service, you know, and we'll, and we'll talk about it. At that point in time, I immediately stuck my hand up. I didn't have the money to buy it, but I thought if God could provide this opportunity, he could provide the money. And so I stuck my hand up and said, you know, Sarah, I'd be interested in buying this. And then there was another guy named John, and he was in the room. I knew him and he stuck his hand up and he said, oh, he said, Sarah, he said, I would really love to buy this guitar. And I thought she said, well, like, okay, y'all talk to me later. But right at the end of the service, I noticed John beat me up there. He was up there talking to her and going on and on. And I saw some money pass hands and I saw Sarah hand that guitar to John before I even had my act together. And oh, my gosh, I was so disappointed. And so discouraged until I saw John walking back toward me through the crowd and he handed the guitar to me and said, here, David, this is for you. Oh, was I blown away. Oh, my gosh, was my heart moved. And I went home and I played that guitar for, I don't know, that must have been about three or four days. And then came the weekly vespers service which at that time, campus chaplain Bob Stamps held for all of his students. I know that sounds like a really churchy name, Vesper Service. Believe me, it was not a churchy service. It was a Holy Ghost, charismatic, wonderful, spirit-filled service. And I was one of the guitar players that played weekly for that service. And I brought my new guitar, and I was playing it during the service. And I was so thrilled, you know, until I saw this John walk in. And the guilt overwhelmed me. I thought this guy paid his own money for this guitar, and then gave it to me. And I just—that's not right. I need to talk to him about it. So I remember uh, signaling to him, and John came over, and I quietly said to him, "John, I can't—I can't keep this. You paid for this, you know, with your own money, and it's—it's uh, it's yours. It's rightfully yours. You need to take this guitar back." He stepped back and looked at me as if I was holding a poisonous snake in my hand. And he said, I could never take that back. He said, God told me as soon as I saw it, he said, God told me to buy that guitar for you. And he said, there is one thing I forgot to tell you. God told me to tell you when I handed that guitar to you. That he was giving that guitar to you, David Stearman, because he loves you. Honestly, I still can't tell that story today without choking up. But the point is this. God has done a lot of wonderful things for you. And do you know why he's done them? Not because he loves the whole world, but because he loves you. He only loves the whole world because he loves all the people that are in it individually. And that means he loves you as if you were the only Christian that had ever been born again, or if you were the only person that had ever been on earth, God loves you. Jesus loved you enough to give his life, to shed his blood for you. And that means he loves you more than any parent, nor than anyone ever could. So I just want you to go, go with this today. Know that no matter what you're facing and no matter what you're living right now, God is on your side to help you Because he loves you with a perfect and complete and personal love. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life, what more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Hey, thanks for listening to my Up podcast. If you'd like to hear more, just click the subscribe button. And I hope you have an Up day all the way. David Stearman Ministries International is a missionary ministry. We work to take the good news of Jesus wherever we can, from the jungles of South America to Mexico, to the Philippines, over the European continent, and places beyond. And we'd love it if you'd partner with us in this task. Offerings can be made online at davidstermanministries.org. Thanks so much for helping us help others.